Hello, everyone. This is uh, Gavril. You all know me. Um, we're we're doing an episode today just to kind of prove that people are alive. Um, so, like a while back, Chris and I recorded an episode by ourselves, but uh, we didn't bother submitting the recording files. So it's been like almost two months since we put a show up. This is um, proof of life. Um, no one's going to like send pieces of me in the mail so i don't know why i called it proof of life Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 180 of the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe podcast show. My name, of course, is Gavril. These are my lovely, lovely co-hosts, Kevin. Hello. And Neff. It's been a little bit. Um, Thanksgiving, both Canadian and uh, U.S., and holiday season, we typically do slow down a little bit during the holiday season. I, I know in past years, there have been large stretches of the uh, last quarter of the year where we don't do anything or we do a very minimal number of shows. So um, it's not unusual, but this time it was unannounced because we didn't bother telling anyone we weren't going to be doing a lot of shows this season. So we are uh, we're on top of things, aren't we, Kevin? Well, I got sick. I'm currently sick. There's Chris has been out with other issues dealing with life. Mm-hmm. So it's just been, I don't know, a lot going on. Yep. I had a surprise nope. hospital visit a couple of weeks ago, so I was out. Yep. So, yep, yep. Uh, it's the holiday season. It's it's the end of the year. That kind of shit happens. Yep. Not surprised in the slightest. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Kevin, how you been doing, buddy? Um. <clears throat> other than well we had a good trip to disney i went to disney uh-huh. land except uh-huh. for the covid <laughs> well i don't know if i got covid at disneyland or not but needless to say i'm blaming disneyland i um, would say it's probably a pretty safe bet to make yeah no one is wearing masks in disney by the way we were in the minority no, no. wearing masks oh god so, no they were supposed to be required indoors, but I think that went away like a week or two before we went. And yeah, yeah so that happened. But Disney was fun. It was my first time in Galaxy's Edge, and that was really cool. And we got to do Rise of Resistance, which is a next level ride, and it's really good. Um, But other than that, I haven't been to Disney since I was a kid, maybe 10 years old or so. So. That was a very fun time as an adult. Um, yeah, and the day after, we went to DesignerCon at the Anaheim Convention Center, and that was really cool. Um, Tokadoki had a booth. Um, the Metacom had a booth. There was a bunch of big like toy designers there. 
and some indie designers and artists. And I met a guy who did a bunch of the artwork for um, Overwatch and was talking to him for a little bit. So that was pretty cool to like see some of those people and um, just like explore a bunch of new toys. There's there was a ton of like for the the meme that I saw was just a <laughs> a woman behind like a big display of pins and there was multiple people like this and they just had a bunch of like enamel pins that they had created and they're just sitting there trying to sell their pins but like not talking or not doing any like interaction with people just kind of sitting there trying to sell their pins and i don't know why that's nope. such a thing kind of like an artist alley but for enamel pins the entire designer con is an artist alley really but you know some more famous than others um but yeah the for some reason it must be cheap to make enamel pins now because there's tons of people trying to sell enamel pins oh that's that was the point enamel <clears throat> pins were always incredibly cheap to make okay that would make sense um, then <laughs> yeah enamel pins have always been in uh, from from a manufacturing standpoint they're durable and they're relatively cheap to make it's just it's a bunch of cheap brass or zinc these days mm -hmm. uh with the plating and then you can you can uh manufacture them quite easily either by hand or by machine so okay interesting but they people look at them as like collector's items i know pin people mm -hmm. um and i will tell you some of the craziest pin people are the disney pin people oh hardcore oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um well, that's Disney and Olympics. Are so, some of the worst. The one thing that I found out about Disney pins is that there's people who trade pins like trading pins is a big yeah. thing. But if you see a pin like on a Disney employee, a cast member, they are basically forced to trade it with you. Yep. Like. <clears throat> and that's why I think it's such a pin or a thing, because you could just go around and be like, oh, I like that. And point okay, at but it you 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 realize you. you realize, Kevin, that the ones that the Disney employees have—that's not their personal collections. They're oh yeah, given, of course, yeah. Like they're given a, a range each morning, and like, okay, here, those are your pins for the day. <laughs> yep. But it's, it's my still mother pretty cool, was really though. big into that. My mother was really big into the Disney pins. So, oh, wow. yeah, I've got boxes and boxes of them somewhere. That's cool. Oh, shut up! Really? That's cool. Yes, a lot of special edition things she had on a bunch of mailing lists at one point, and then she had some sort of membership or friendship or something with a Disney store manager that got her onto the limited edition pen stuff. Oh, shit. That's cool. You know, some of those could be worth bank, right? Yes, I'm well aware. Yeah, okay. Um, no, what I know is worth bank is the... Um, 1996 Olympic pin collection I have, which is a complete collection. I have two complete collections of the 96 Olympic pins nice. because I went to the 96 Olympics in Atlanta. Cool. What? That was a hell. That was a hellscape. I hated the night. For reference, I went to the 96 Olympics because my grandmother lived in East Point, which is a suburb of Georgia, and we were cleaning out her house after she died. And okay. so we went to the Olympics as a side thing while we were there because we were there for an entire summer doing that. Like one summer, uh, 
I was 11. Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta 1986. God, they had a terrible mascot. It was like a tornado made up of color and lightning bolts, and they had this weird uh, Greek theme. And it was green. I had the hat. Yeah, the I hat was god awful green. Yes. <laughs> It's like a forest. I remember green that. Color. I remember that. Now, when you when you say you have a full set of pins, you're uh-huh. you're talking about the one the the public facing ones, not public facing. The, pins. Public facing. Pins, yeah. Right. Okay. Because I'm gonna say there, there's also the pins that the athletes get. Yes. And get to trade with each other that yeah. are almost impossible. To They're get. very difficult to get a hold of. Yes. Yeah. Now, what I did have at one point was we had one of the varsity pins. This is this is inside baseball. This is like way inside baseball for like pin trading for the 1996 Olympics. So it does not even matter. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. I've got but I've got a bunch of those lying around and I've got a bunch of other stuff lying around from uh, pin collecting because my mother liked doing that. Um, See, I never got into pin collecting because I was like, what the fuck do you do with them? Like, I, I yeah. never like I was like, what do you do? Well, okay, they're but what do you do with them? Like yeah, you just display drawer? them. Like you display them. That's it. I've seen them in like you know lanyards. If you have like a lanyard, you can put them on that. But yeah, other than that, there's like books. There's really not a whole lot to do with them. Put them in. There's really not a whole lot you do with them. You know? They're 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 a collector's vehicle. They're a they're an they're a false sense of scarcity collector's vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, besides yeah. that, uh-huh. oh, I wanted to call out a few things that I learned. Um, the one was, um, Super Seven, uh, toys. They make like vintage toys. So I saw a bunch that like Stone would like, like old GI Joe. They basically do like recreations of old toys. So they had like GI Joe and, um, mensurately expensive. I assume. Yeah, well, they're, like, super detailed, and they have a bunch of little, like, you know, plastic uh, accessories and things like that. They're just done at a level of detail that is, like, way beyond what they were when they were created. Um, Mighty Jacks is doing, like, some of the inside out where you can kind of see us, like, they'll do, like, I don't know if it's SpongeBob, but they do, like, a slice of a character, and you can see their insides. And those are super popular. And Medicom does the bare bricks that there's a lot of like super expensive designer versions of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so kind of learned about that whole world and I'm, I'll definitely go next year. It was really fun. Lots of interesting toys and I want to explore more of the artist stuff. We didn't really get to that area before we had to leave. Um, but like, yeah, there's people there that will commission artwork for you and stuff. And yeah, it's fun. So yeah, okay. That's it. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Neth, what you been up to? God, um, not much. I've been playing the new Warzone, um, specifically the DMZ. Often, that is super fun. Um, and Slay the Spire, and for ninety six. Um, trying to think. Oh, um, I played the second Plague Tale. Um, I played the first one and was waiting for the second one to come out to see the continuation of the story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I can think of. My life's been nowhere near as interesting as Kevin's been. No COVID, no Disney. <laughs> no designer con. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know how fun having COVID is, but. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I had a surprise visit to the hospital, so that sucked. But, uh, but you're feeling better. I am. I spent a few days on painkillers afterwards, but I'm I'm good now. So that's that's a good. Glad to hear it. So. What about you, Gab? Um, not a whole lot. Um, a couple of weeks back, I did a episode with uh, Chris that doesn't really exist because we haven't um we never mastered the episode so like the episode yeah. that you and i did <laughs> yeah much like that one yep. um uh besides that i haven't really done uh yeah playing satisfactory with kevin and lb uh still more dota with lb um been playing some icarus by myself um playing rogue legacy 2 again i'm trying to get through some more of the new game pluses try to get up to new game plus six which i think is where you stop getting new forms of the bosses because each new game gives you the option to toggle on a new harder form for the boss sorry which game is this rogue legacy 2 which is a roguelite platformer ah okay so probably Um, something that spawn has played or would enjoy um almost positive very likely he has uh the yeah. original rogue legacy was an indie darling um the second game went into early access and i've talked on and off about it for the last year and a half two years since it went into early access i just 1.0'd last year or earlier this year maybe um fantastic game i love it i will always recommend it to folks um besides that um not a whole whole lot besides that um played a little bit of hades yeah just basically i'm losing sleep because of satisfactory because kevin doesn't get on until late um but yeah that's about it yes i'm blaming you kevin understandable i mean valid um but besides that yeah not a whole whole lot um just work 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 keeping things occupied <clears throat> but yeah um what have y'all been up uh, I guess that's about everything for that mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I, w- I will mention that there's um a Christmas event in Satisfactory that's going on now that's pretty interesting where they have an advent calendar and you have to open the advent calendar to get items and then they have new like building trees as a result of the items you collect so that's pretty cool building and decorating trees yep mm-hmm. yep so uh, yep i don't like time times. gating <laughs> you know i hate time gating so oh pardon me <laughs> i hate time gating um so it's been very frustrating to me because there's parts of it that are gated behind uh the advent calendar unlocking mm-hmm Oh, really? Yes. Really? There's parts of the event that are gated behind the advent calendar, and I'm just like, ah, it's all right. We're doing enough. We're doing a massive, massive project that I spent 
like two or three multi-hour game sessions just ferrying items back and forth so that Kevin and LB could start building. Like all I would Yes, all I did was like emptied my inventory except for like two stacks of fuel and then just shuttled items over. I think I ended up pulling like 70,000 individual items. And did you make it look horrible like things had vomited all over the ground like those photos Elby showed me? Because they're horrible. <laughs> we only have one machine stuff. making all of the Christmas stuff right now. And there's no uh, conveyor belt spaghetti. <clears throat> Gavril is currently giving the finger to Neth for those. Um, Nothing new. Listening in. <laughs> no, there's no conveyor belt spaghetti. Neth, I prototype and prove things can work. That is what I do. By vomiting them all over. Yes. I prove that it works, and then LB comes through afterwards and actually makes it look good. Uh-huh. Not what I make, because that takes too long to break down. But I just prototype and proof of concept things. Uh-huh. Like the nuclear reactors and the nuclear reactor waste uh, destroying stuff. Um... <laughs> yep. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 it, doesn't, it doesn't have to look pretty, okay? It just has to prove that the thing works. Yeah. By having conveyor belts clipped through the ground. Yes, indeed. I think Albie would agree with me. It also needs to look pretty. Not to me. I, uh, if the gets... game legally allows me to do it, I will do it. Besides that, does anybody else have any sort of Moving housekeeping right stuff they wanted to talk about? No. Not really. Other than uh, we're missing extra life this year, and yes, we will vow to do that next year. I hope. I'm not going to talk about extra life, Kevin. Okay. I'll promise that we'll do it next year. I don't. I don't really care if we promise to do it next year. We still didn't finish last year. We, we need to finish the shit from the other. We never finished we last year, yet. Kevin. There's a lot of shit we didn't do. So yeah. shut the fuck up about extra life. Okay. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <clears throat> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, you you having fun there, Neth? Yeah. Yeah, and yes, that was 2020's Extra Life, by the way, Kevin. It's two years old. Yeah, we we need to get off our asses and fucking finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, if anybody's got any stories that they wanted to kind of bring up and talk about, um, more than happy. Um, Kevin, did you have any of those ones that were like particularly like jumped out at you? I am double checking feedback right now because okay. Well, I we will go ahead have... and mention something. Well, Kevin is doing that yeah. then. Um, so 
there's been a couple of either announcements or new games that have come out recently. Um, big ones are the announcements for Valheim Mistlands, um, which is their new biome update, uh, some new items, new abilities, new things going on. We're very interested in playing again. We're start um, a new server for that, right? We'll be starting a new server yeah. for that. We'll be starting a new one of those. Uh, we'll fire one of those, a dedicated uh, server up for that. Uh, so anybody that wanted to play Valheim with us, we will probably be running that again, like we did previously. Um, Marvel's Midnight Suns came out. It is currently viewing, getting some mixed reviews. The game runs like ass, apparently. I love XCOM-like games. I love turn-based tactical strategy games. So I want to give it a shot. But I'm not sure if I'm $60 committed quite yet. It's a brand new AAA game, so not sure on that one, but it looks very interesting. I'm not, a, I don't really care two fucks about Marvel, like the Marvel properties, but I like XCOMs. I like tactical turn based strategies, so very interested to see how it is. Um, other thing we got going on is Satisfactory Update Version 7. Update 7 is coming out next week. Uh, it includes blueprints, uh, so you can craft a section of stuff to be made and then store it as a blueprint and then lay it down all as one piece. So um, a bunch of other stuff coming in with that, um, but that's the big, big piece of what's coming with it. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot I was going to talk about this week. Not too much going on there. What's the... um? I, okay, did I dream that we had a conversation about this, or is there an update coming up for Zomboid 2 and we're going to revisit Zomboid? I Valheim. probably won't. I Go ahead. Not Zomboid, Valheim. No, I, yes, I know, I know Valheim, but also, I swear, also Zomboid, something's coming. I believe LB mentioned that there was an update coming for that, possibly. Um, I don't know. Zomboid did not like capture my attention. Like, I tried very hard to enjoy the game, and I just I couldn't get into it. Just weird, because I ironically was enjoying it. Despite it not having, like, quests. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was fun to try to stay alive. I just, I don't know. It's very slow, and there, I kind of did all the crafting stuff. And, Excuse me. Hmm. I don't know. I agree. I like more of the 3D games. The art aesthetic and the just the clunkiness with the gameplay, I think, were also detractors. How far in the distance helps? Forty two is reworking all the professions and adding animals. Animals. We're going to okay. be able to have like an actual legit farm. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, like, come on, tell me that that's not like cool. I think that's cool. <laughs> Hot Dog was really into it with us and yeah, playing. But honestly, he's been know. missing it for a little bit, hasn't he? He's been playing yeah. a lot of Rocket League and stuff. I yeah, I was going to say, I think that. I think he's pretty much focused on Rocket League right now. 
but yeah, they're still making like hot fixes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like one of the things that I would like to turn on if we play that again is not respawning zombies because I think like I said the same thing. I, I don't know about them not responding completely, but it definitely needs to be turned down because it it was a little high, in my opinion. I I like the idea of clean, cleaning out an area and trying to make it zombie-free so that you can build and stuff. Um, opposed mm. to just like thing- constantly fighting back zombies. Real quick, um, I had one other thing I wanted to mention that I completely forgot to, that um, frickin' um, Dwarf Fortress. The Steam version of Dwarf Fortress will be out next week, and I'm so fucking hyped about that. You, We were mentioning, like, simulation Thanks. games, because Spawn Zomboy- has that on his wish list. Oh, he is gonna need, he's gonna get it. He needs to get it. It's gonna be fantastic. I don't care how good the fucking game is. I don't give a shit. I will support uh, Tarn and Zach Adams so hard. Mm. (laughs) I'm literally opening Steam to see if I'm right. Yep, it's on his wish list. (laughs) It's a pretty Um, classic simulation game, right? It it is. It's a very classic simulation game. It's uh, over a decade old at this point. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I see his name right there. Three friends want this game. He's the very first one. <laughs> I love that you guys have him on your friend lists. I think it's cute. It's adorable. Um, Speaking of Steam, did you guys pick up anything for the autumn sale? Because that was a, no. a big deal, right? No, I, I looked. Um... Nothing that's on my wish list was on sale enough for me to bother. Yeah, pretty much. There was, I don't think I've bought anything recently. Um, uh, uh, most recent thing I bought was Road 96 because it was on like, like sale, sale on Xbox. And I had Xbox credits that I could use. So I didn't even have to like really pay for it because I already. I had done something and it was like, here, have have store credit for whatever it was that I yeah, did. The so. last game I bought on Steam was in October. So. Oh. Mm. Last game I bought on Steam, I think I refunded within like 20 minutes, Um, which it reminds me, are you still playing whatever. that vampire game, Kev? Uh, or did you like? I stopped playing it. It got kind of tedious. Mm. It would be easier with more people because um, some of the higher levels, there's like breakpoints in between like crafting tiers. So you reach a point where like you can't craft anything better and you just have to fight your way through to get mats to make the next higher stuff. And that part gets a little tedious. But why do you ask? Just curious, just because... We're talking about the last game we bought and that was yeah. it so I was just, i've been meaning to ask you if you're still playing it so no i actually tried a different game that came out on steam as like an early access uh i can't even remember what it was called now jesus uh frozen flame but um okay. which is like it's got questing it's got building um it was pretty popular it was out during 
this i think there was like a summer indie games fest or something on steam and people were playing it um but i tried it out and it wasn't it's not super polished right now it kind of reminded me of breath of the wild i need to interject for a second are you wearing a fucking ugly christmas sweater no i'm wearing a spirit jersey actually it's his regular ugly clothing and we've now been demonetized and taken down and sued by disney (laughs) i just when you lifted your arm and i saw the stuff on the arm and i was like what the fuck it's too early for christmas shit get that off neff it is the third of december it is 22 days to christmas exactly it's too early no it's not i mean i'm not but if i wanted to be it's legal here it's it's not too early, Neff. I've already it's got my Christmas lights out. I mean, I haven't decorated for Christmas in three years now, but if I was going to decorate, my tree goes up on the 23rd and it comes down on the 2nd. Well, people bah, are putting up their trees you, before, before Thanksgiving now. Bah what? fucking humbug to you. <clears throat> and Black Friday sales started in October. Yep. He ain't wrong. Uh, yeah this is an amazing spirit jersey from disney and i love it and it was sold out it was like amazing to get comfy it is very comfy i'll show you mandy's later she has a plaid one i'm assuming with mini yes yeah (laughs) yeah although she's not opposed to mickey anywho um one of the news stories I wanted to talk about because we haven't been on for a while was Modern Warfare becoming the fastest selling uh, Call of Duty game ever. It reached $1 billion in sales in 10 days, which is a new record up from uh, 2012's Black Ops 2, which made a billion dollars in 15 days. I've wow. been playing a bunch of this game. Um, I was playing like pretty much daily for. I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes a day. And the multiplayer is still solid. The gameplay is noticeably slower than the old Modern Warfare game. You really have to take your time and go around corners because um, just you can get killed very easily if people are aiming down sight. And that's pretty cool. I like how they tried to slow it down. Um. I haven't played any of the Warzone stuff, so we'll need Neff to comment on that. But um, yeah, I've been just hearing stories about people just getting destroyed with guns that don't have any recoil. Um, uh, this skin thing that we'll talk about. I've played a lot of the actual about. Warzone. Yeah. I've just been playing DMZ. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I've been playing the shit out of DMZ. Solos or with teams or what? Um, Both. Did you get any of the unlock guns? Uh, I've got a couple so far. Nice. What is your experience like playing DMZ? I think LB was the only one. He tried to get me into playing Tarkov, and I hear it's like that, but not really. And from what I understand, a lot of people are calling it like Tarkov Light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having fun with it. I really enjoy it. Um. It sucks because the only thing that sucks is if you do go in with a group, you have to fucking work together. Okay. Right? 
because you all have to exfil. So if all three of you don't exfil and half, like, say, one of your team exfils and the other two don't, it doesn't count. Okay. Like, so it, it's just, I don't know. It's really fun, though. Like, there's missions that you unlock, and as you unlock the missions, it unlocks guns and it unlocks skins, and it, you know, like, you know, you progress with the factions, and there's different stuff. And I, I've been having fun with it, like, a lot of fun with it. Um, depending on what missions I'm working on, like sometimes if I'm doing something that I can, I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally like stealth that and just do that solo. I'll do it solo rather than deal with random people because no one's been around to play with. Um, so I'll just like go in, stealth it, do it. Or if I'm just feeling like, okay, I'm just, I just want to go in. I'm not working on a specific mission. I'll go in with a group. Like I'll go in with randoms and just be like, okay, where are we going? Hmm. So there's enough carryover in between games to keep you interested in playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um Is there yeah, anything like, is there any benefit of like stuff that you get or take out of one game to make you better the next game? Well, you can get keys to unlock special areas that have special guns and stuff like that. Okay. You can get better armor vests and better backpacks so you can load out more. Um you know, like, but you have to, if you, if you go in and you die and you, like, your team gets eliminated or you don't exfil, you lose what's on you. Yeah. If you exfil, you take out whatever you're carrying, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit more challenging because, like, you have to think about, okay, well, the next time I drop in, if I've lost my guns, I'm dropping it with just my fists. Now I have to find guns and then I have to. And it's not like Warzone in that there's not guns fucking everywhere. Like, they're like you, you know, half the time you have to wait for your other party members to like kill an NPC so you can steal the NPC's guns and in order to get a gun. Like, wow. That's so. cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally mm-hmm. fun. It's totally, totally fun. Yeah, I definitely like to play that. I mean, I'll be playing it once we're done recording today, so. Of course we will. You fucking gremlin. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty girl. <laughs> what about the Battle Pass this season? Have you messed with that? Or no? Oh, I'm liking that. Why is that? I'm liking that. Be- okay, so the Battle Pass this season, you, you get tokens, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you can pick. So picture like a map and it has like like regions on the map right so you start with one area and you can un- you unlock four and you get the fifth one for free right and then there's two or three things that are touching that region and you can pick which of those ones you want to unlock next so you don't you can unlock them in the order you want to unlock them in so if like if there's a specific thing that you want in one of those things you can figure out okay this is the shortest path for the thing that i want the most and then that's get cool. the other stuff afterwards, right? So it's like you can unlock the stuff that's important to you. So I found, like, I was looking, and like there was a couple of sniper rifles in, um, obviously. <laughs> I love my snipey snipey. Um, so there was a couple of sniper rifles. So I was like, oh, okay, I really want to unlock those. So I was like, okay, what way do I have to go to get what I want, right? Mm-hmm. 
But it's kind of neat because, like, each section has, like, you know, there's usually, like, either a gun or, um, hold on, I'm literally bringing up the game so I can tell you what's in it. Just one sec. Okay, so in most areas, there's, would help if it would fucking load. Oh, bitch. So there's a gun, there's an emblem, there's a calling card. Um, one of the ones that I unlocked, there's actually two two weapon blueprints. Um, some of them will have like a vehicle skin or COD points or an XP token. Um, so like right now, the, the section that I'm working on um, has a vehicle skin. It had a blueprint for a Fennec. It's got a double XP token. It's got COD points. And then once I unlock those four, the fifth is uh, operator skin for Rays. Okay. But you just you pick which way you want to go. And then eventually, once you unlock everything, you get the big one at the end, which has like 300 COD points. Um, an uh, M4 assault rifle, and then the operator skin for Zeus, which I've actually seen a couple people with in game. So, hmm. okay, that's cool. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do the shooty, shooty boy stuff no more, really. I think you might actually like DMZ Gav because you have to work as a team. And it's less, it's less sweaty than straight Warzone because you're seeing more NPCs than players. You do come across players, so you have to be aware of them, but it's not. So yeah. it sounds like, yeah, okay, so it's objective-based PvEVP, which sounds like, Kevin, you were playing The Hunt? Yes. We're playing Hunt. So it sounds kind of like that in that regard. I didn't mind playing Hunt. I actually why did we stop playing that? I, I play that. I don't remember that. No, it was a th it's a three v three game mode, and Kevin LB and I were playing it for a while. Neth might like Hunt. I honestly think she would. It's incredibly, incredibly sweaty, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is incredibly sweaty. Because you have multiple teams going for the same object objective, or like mm -hmm. one of two objectives. And yep, you and often you're, you're hunting down. You're hunting down clues to get you to the objectives, and then you're trying to beat the other teams to the objectives. And if you beat the other teams, then you have to decide if you either take the objective down or you wait for the other teams to show up. It's very sound oriented. And there, and there are some things in DMZ that are like that. There are some things that like you have to. Like, if you go there, you know there's going to be a lot of, um, <laughs> you know there's going to be a lot of other players because of what you're going for, right? Like, there's some things that are fa aren't faction-based or stuff like that. It's, like, specific targets on the map. Um, but, yeah. Fuck you too, LB. <laughs> Um, Elby wasn't talking to you. He was talking to Kevin and I about yeah. the hunt. Oh, I thought he meant me. 
<laughs> no, he couldn't handle playing it with the two of us anymore. Oh, the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. But hunt. Uh, sorry. Hunt the showdown. Hunt. I got to look this I up. I think it's so hunt the showdown or hunt. I think it's showdown. the hunt showdown or something like that. I don't hunt know. Um, yeah, showdown. it was Kevin and I are a bit much. Yeah. And we both recognize it. We both understand that we're not great people to play games with some days. It's a wonder that LB's played like 300 games of Dota with me in the last two months. <laughs> hunt showdown is $40 yeah, game it. right now. On 40. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate playing the game, but I hate sweatiness, is my problem. I mean, that's a lot I, of games. That's and that's a problem for me. It's like I don't like sweaty games generally, which is why I never like PvP. I generally don't play PvP in almost any game. I like PvE I the most. Like I generally am a fan PvE. of PvE. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I think I think you would like DMZ more because it's not I don't find it anywhere near as sweaty as straight up Warzone. The other difference mm-hmm. is I'm bad at video games. LB, I have to get exactly the story of what there was, what was too much to handle. Uh, between Kevin and I, because that'll be fun to it'll be fun to hear. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't like sweatiness. I'll have to maybe give it a try at some point. I'll I'll have to give it a try at some point. Well, I think I know I'm not great at Warzone. I'm okay with that. I'm playing it because I have fun with it. I don't give a shit. You know, like I'm try I try to improve and I'm trying to learn stuff, but yeah. it it's still. I'm playing it to have fun. So mm-hmm. yep. I, I don't care if I'm the best of the best. If I'm having fun, that, that's my point. It's a fucking game. Yep. I, I'm not playing competitive. So <clears throat> that's how I am right now with um, Neth with uh, Overwatch. Because I... like, yeah, who cares if it's good or bad? I'm just having fun. I don't know. I I played that one day with you and with you and Dan, and it just was not fun for me. It doesn't. First of all, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because I did play Overwatch one point five, and it just doesn't feel like Warzone, and I like Warzone better in terms of like the gun feel. And... Oh, it, it's not that I was expecting it to feel like Warzone. I just. I don't know. I I find if I'm not playing multiplayer in Warzone, I don't get a lot of the oh, you're a chick. Fuck you. Go suck my dick. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like that that happens more in multiplayer. I don't hear it much in actual Warzone or in DMC and there's proximity chat. It, it, it was very much prevalent in the Overwatch games that we played, and I was just like, "Yeah, this fuck this. It's not fun." Like, I I didn't have voice on, so I wasn't hearing that. Yeah, if it comes in voice, a lot of it comes in DMs. <laughs> oh God! Oh dear! 
Oh dear, is right. Like, um, I'm literally old enough to be these kids' mothers. Fuck right off, please. Like, I don't have the patience anymore. Yeah, yeah. Hate messages, you know, those are uh, classic. Fucking kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> Been I, I I've played enough toxic video games with toxic people, you yeah. know. Brit, I like, just I'm, I just I'm don't like it. the gameplay. The gameplay just feels like you're shooting a wet noodle. <laughs> uh, okay. Ah, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I haven't had a chance. Yeah. It's. You're healing, you're shooting, all of it just feels like nothing is happening. It's I mean, just... that's kind of always, it's always been a bit of a problem with Overwatch. I just, it, when you shoot a gun and when you hit someone in Warzone or Call of Duty, it just feels like, it feels like you're you doing someone? damage. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you hit someone. You know? It just. I would like to see Gav try DMZ and see if he likes it. Just because it it's it is different from the straight up Warzone, I'm I'm curious to see if you like it. I'd like to see both of them come back and play. I would love to play that more. But you know, LB is boycotting until Bobby Kotek has been dismissed. So maybe that will happen soon. Uh, yeah, no, that's... I don't fucking know. Like... All of the Blizzard games I really have no interest in anymore. Like, all the shit that happened and all the Activision stuff I never really cared about to start with. I literally played uh, Warzone and that stuff with you all because that's what you all were playing. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's it's nice to have the competitive game mode in something where you feel like you're working towards an objective and trying to do something that is hard to obtain. You know, there's not a lot of that in other games. Like, I like that more than playing Dota, for example, which I feel is a 45-minute slog fest of getting hit by three abilities and dying <laughs> instantly. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I like competitive games. I like getting sweaty, but I don't think it's an every time type of thing. I think it has its place, but it, you know, if you're having a really stressful day at work or something else is going on, like I don't need to have a stressful night. You know, like I feel a lot of the times when I just want to chill out people, if, if people want to play sweaty games, I'm just not into that. You know, sometimes you just want to relax. And that's why I think games like Dreamlight Valley and um, uh, other games like that that are more relaxed are fun to play, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like to me, like the hard sweat stuff is it's got its place, but I've never been good at the super sweaty games, especially. So. I always feel like when I'm playing a sweaty game with other people, I am like holding them back, especially. 
See, all the more reason to play with me because I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, but Neff, the problem then is, is that I feel bad because I know I'm holding people back. Because I know you're very good at those shooting games, even though you talk and act like you aren't. I'm not. Bullshit. I've seen you <laughs> fucking drop like entire team, multiple teams by yourself in Warzone. Do you think that Neff started out like that? No, I know she didn't. Well, I remember fucking starting her playing the game, Kevin. Don't you? Every video game, in a way, a story. Neff has gotten a lot better. Video games, but then it's like oh, it's a story about taking like a six-month vacation, and then I come from playing Warzone, and I come back and I'm playing Warzone with like Neff and Hot Dog or Neff and Nim or somebody, and it's just like, nah, I need y'all to go over here. I'm just gonna drop these guys real fast, and then she's just fucking headshotting people to death. Wallace, a proper from across the, the fucking map. Shoes and he's not in a hurry to get it. <laughs> His guild thinks this is a little interesting, but it mostly just makes for this, a story. This kind of brings up a video that we watched movie. earlier this week called Ultimately, Why It's Rude to Suck at Warcraft. Because he makes the game fun. Someone that Gavis mentioned before, Folding Ideas, did a whole fucking dissertation on this subject about like free play versus competitive play and you know it went through this whole example of this um dwarf or this gnome that um didn't want to wear shoes in molten core and everybody thought it was Wolfgang funny at first and laughed at him because he was role playing the and then they realized yeah then then they realized like hey you know you get a power advantage from wearing shoes and he's not wearing shoes Kevin I legitimately rated for two months when molten core was current without pants did you get yelled at by your guild this was a, I was class leader, so no. B, it was my protest because they had given, I was the next in line to get the tier two pants, and we had a trial running with us one night, and they were like, oh, well, we'll give him to the trial because he hasn't got anything through the whole run. And then the guy fucked off as soon as he got the pants and wouldn't join the guild. So I was like, fuck you all, I'm not wearing pants until I get my pants, and it took two months for them to drop again. The point of playing is not to reach the end, but to find the best way of Kevin. This is the whole point of that video was not <coughs> what where you're going with that. Okay. It was about um, this ever-increasing drive for optimization, optimizing fun out of the game. Yeah. But for Undetected. some people, the optimization is fun. Right. Is kind of, that, that's kind of the crux of the issue that he's going over in the video, is that optimization to some people is how they play the game. Yes. And that yeah. is fun to some people. But not everybody plays to optimize. Some people play to role play explore. or to have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Explore. Find the secrets. Mm -hmm. Do the thing. Like, but, like not and, everybody is like, end game. And the crux of the video was that because people see optim people see the people that optimize finishing content, they feel like they have to optimize to finish content too. Mm -hmm. And so they optimize their way out of their fun because they view that as the logical end step into progression is to just go into this optimization route. Well, and the more the more that you optimize, the more it it um, uh, supports this idea that optimi optimization is how you need to play the game. 
the thing too that people forget to take into account is okay are you optimizing for five band dungeons are you optimizing for um mythics are you optimizing for mythic rating normal rating pvp like, <coughs> what are you optimizing for because it's different depending on what the fuck you're gonna do well it's optimization in general like to optimize or not to optimize that is the question you know if you're playing with someone who doesn't who isn't aware of wowhead or isn't aware of these different sites that help you learn how to play the game but i've i've played with so in my in my time and while i have come across in groups people that are you know clearly new and need a hand not necessarily mm-hmm. like oh you must be optimized but like oh hey you should go look at these resources they'll help you improve because you're new right like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with helping a new person and being like hey, here's some resources, do with them what you will, but they may help you learn your class better, figure out what about the game that you want to do, focus on more, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, But what happens, I find, a lot of times if you get into with like, you know, because you get into Heroic, especially right now, where, where the new expansion is a thing, you get into Heroics, and those that are of the rating mindset are just, get the heroics as fast as possible to get the gear to get to the next level so I can get the gear so I can get ready for raiding. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just like, hey, I'm just trying to level and fucking follow the story and see what's going on. I don't want to be done this heroic in five minutes or less. I, I want to see what's going on. Like, <laughs> Well, and then they do talk about that in the video is the thing. It's like you... you plan weeks and months in advance you go into your betas and your ptrs and you optimize through you know what your course and your action is to the point that there is no discovery left and that is how people think it has to be done because everything has to be a completely smooth 100 percent understood run and it is not good when that becomes the default for the community because then people there are lots of people who don't want to play that way who want to maybe explore and want to go hey i want to figure out how this boss works so we're just going to go ahead and if everybody's interested we're going to slam our heads into it and just kind of figure out what the mechanics are yep like i I have always been when it comes to leveling i do the entire zone before i move on to the next zone And that used to frustrate the shit out of the people that I leveled with back in the day because they're like, they want to just move, 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 move and get to level as fast. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I'll get there when I get there. I want to follow the fucking story. And if you guys want to like rush, have at or go without me because I'm going to focus on I'm following the story and this zone has a story and I'm going to follow the story to completion and then I'm going to move on to the next story. Like, and I've done that since Burning Crusade. It won't be any different when I actually get around to getting the current one and playing it, because I am going to play it. You know, like, I've got to finish Shadowlands, and then I'll be playing... Um, fuck, I'm blank. Dragonflight? Thank you! Dragonflight? <laughs> Absolutely blank! Oh my god! <laughs> it was gone! But it's just like... I. I yeah, and I agree. I agree, LB. Like, I don't 
necessarily want to look up a guides on how to do buses because the way my mind works, I don't necessarily, I can look up all the guides in the world, but until I'm actually actively doing it, I don't, like, I can read the guide six times until I'm actually actively doing it. My brain doesn't go, oh, oh, that, okay. And then I start to understand, like, I have to see and experience the mechanic in order to grasp the mechanic. It's just how my mind works. And, you know, it's fine. I'm not pushing mythic writing. I'm not at that level. I don't profess to be, you know, like, I rated back in the day. I'm, you know, but, like, we were never, like, pushing world first by any means, you know. But it was just, you know, like... I need to see what I'm doing in order to understand what I'm doing. So there's no point in being like, oh, let's read the guide on the boss and do exactly what the guide says. Well, the guide's based on, you know, you have to have this composition and these people are doing this and this is this. Okay, well, my guild doesn't have that composition. So now the, the guide's already not going to work because we don't have one of the classes that you guys have because no one's playing that class. Or, you know, like, there's different things like you have different compositions you have to find what works for your group not necessarily just okay guide says step one two three four five okay step one two three four five that's not going to work for everybody you have to find what works for your group yeah and i i think the point being is you need to find people who have similar goals to you and have those same and and a similar mindset yeah yeah but I think the piece that is scary to me is how they were making the point that, you know, this could actually be changing the design of the game because mm-hmm. people know that the, just the people be, developing the game know that there's add ons and know that there's, you know, ways that people are trying to min max and, you know, they design the game differently that almost require some of these add ons to be there in order to complete the fights i think that's the piece that i think scares me because i don't want to be relying on add-ons i don't want to be relying on reading a guide to be able to do something i want to be able to figure it out myself and if the game designers are only building that you know because they know that those add-ons exist and it almost requires them then they either need to be baked into the game or they need to design the game differently but that's my opinion But it does also come down to it's like how do you how do you appeal to everyone at the same time? How are you everywhere all at once? You can't. You can't. We've seen that for years and well. You know, you try Mm -hmm. to you try to appease the mythic raiders, you piss off the casuals. You do things for the casuals, (laughs) you piss off the mythic raiders. I mean, there is a have and have nots in WoW for sure. And we've talked about this a lot in the past. what were they saying, Gav, about um, just how there was only a single raid difficulty back in like Vanilla WoW, yep, and like was. people got pissed about that because it was too hard or too easy? Nope. Well, the thing is, okay, so one of the things the, <clears> now my <throat> experience with Classic, with back in the day Classic, was that there were groups that even if they were, you know, it's beginning of the raid, you know pushing very first week of release there was still data present there were still guilds that were collating and correlating data 
and putting it together and disseminating it out to the world. But it didn't it didn't exist on Wowhead in advance. You were figuring it out as it was live. Well, you had Alakazam and you had Thoughtbot. And you could <laughs> oh God, talk. I forgot about those. <laughs> you had Alakazam and Thoughtbot, and you would be able to go to those web pages and you could go to their discussions, forums, or comment sections. And you know, you could go I remember on Thoughtbot, you could go to the Aqua Contessence. Um and you find Jeff. Page, and you could you could talk to you could yeah, talk to people. It's like, hey, how do I maximize my Hadraxian Waterlords rep? Or how do I get to Magmadar? Uh, or there there's a skip you can do where you can put out one of the runes without killing a boss. You know, how do I do XYZ thing? And you could get that information from people, but it was a much smaller and harder to find piece of information, generally. So yes, there were very much groups that were like, okay, read this guide. This one guy on his YouTube, go watch this this five-hour YouTube video recorded in, in 240p of this Molten Core raid, and watch what this guy's doing, and then we need to do exactly what he's doing. There were people that were like that back then. So there were, but community was a much bigger thing i feel and i've, I've said oh. this before i feel like mm-hmm. community was a much bigger thing yeah. so it was easier to find a group well, in my opinion that met your criteria for how you wanted to play well because there, there was no there was no cross server or anything back then so your server was your literally your world so yes. server forums were like a hotbed of activity like i remember like you know, everybody, like, if you were involved, especially in a raiding guild, you were actively involved on the forums. And if you did something to piss off somebody, you would get blacklisted, and the entire server would blacklist you, and you're fucked. It's, that's, that's, like, that's, that's, that's overwrought, and that's not exactly true, but it's pretty well, it was, close. It wasn't ours. Um, there, there was no, there was no like server wide blacklist for us there for any of the servers <laughs> I played on. It was always there was some elitist jackass group of elitist jackasses that thought they were hot shit, and so they would blacklist you, so you wouldn't run with their people. But there was a dozen other guilds that did the content, so you just go with them. Oh no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking that. I'm talking like you know, like oh, so and so ninja looted, blah blah blah. Right. And were, then it'd be like, OK, well, nobody wants to do anything with you anymore because. But that's that, that that's that's creating this idea that everybody was connected in the exact same way. I I was in plenty of guilds that did not give a fuck about the forum shit, did not give a fuck about trade chat. And it's just like, we'll see. We'll run them on a short leash. I don't care. We need bodies. Let's do it. Like. People talk a lot about people talk with uh, with nostalgia about blacklists and ninja looters and all this stuff. And it's just like my lived experience of that was that that was not as big a deal as people think it was. My nostalgia is more for how much of a community the server was. And like, you know, like we had inside jokes that were server wide and like, you know, like because everybody knew who this player was because of this. And so there were jokes about them or, you know, like we had a nickname for our server that like nobody else would know what the fuck you were talking about. But people who were active on the forums were like, oh, yeah, like that's, you know, it's just what we call ourselves. And it, like just little things like that, like it was like it, it had like a sense of like you really did have a sense of community because you were interacting with people. And it, at the time, it was the only way like you. 
it was how you talked to the other faction too, right? Like you shit talk each other on the forum. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean <clears throat> I think back to like the most fun that I had in like an MMO and it was um I I forget what the dungeon was called, but I played in a specific dungeon in, in EverQuest. And it required a team composition. It required people to know their class and know their abilities and use them. Um, but and the other thing was, is that like I didn't even know what the end of the dungeon was because I never got to the end of the dungeon because it was hard, you know, and mm-hmm. it, you know, back in the day, like if another group fucked up, they could wipe your group, too, even though they were playing somewhere else in the dungeon, they weren't instanced. But like. Yeah, it was like it was challenging and it felt it felt good for that reason, you know, and no one knew there wasn't a silver bullet that like, you know, someone knew all of the fights and they knew how to do whatever. I mean, it was like more of a game of skill, I felt, you know, it wasn't like, oh, there's fight trash, 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 and then do a boss fight. And if you read the guide, then you could beat the boss. If you didn't read the guide, you might not be able to beat the boss. But um, it was, I I liked that each trash fight that you did was a challenge. You know, that's what I thought was interesting and fun about the game is that the game itself was fun. It wasn't just like about the boss fights and the loot drops. But you know, and I feel like a lot of that's gone away with this lack of community and this lack of, you know, well, having people to play with that you like. And, huh? I don't know. Oh, I think me. the game design, so, too, is much different than it used to be. And Well, like, I, I have to look at things also through the through the prism of um through the prism of their so we talk about guides and we talk mm-hmm. about information being being assimilated that way is it functionally really different than having some guy in your guild who used to raid with another guild who did it one specific way and then who passes that information along to you we had that we we would have people be like, oh, hey, the guild that I came from, we did this and, you know, this worked because blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like. Is, it, but is that functionally different from looking up a guide? Mm. No, it's sharing information. It's sharing information. Mm-hmm. Now, is when when you talk about optimization, that's a different story. That's 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 number crunching, doing all that stuff. But it's like that was always a problem I had because I did know people that were like, no guides, no guides, no guides, doing content, and I I never. It took me years to figure out the argument of is looking up a guide any different than having some guy who came from a top one hundred rating guild come into your guild and help you figure out how to do a boss. No. So 
so the the only way I could see where there you could argue that there would be some difference, okay, is guide typically gets read ahead of beating your head on the boss, right? So you read the guide, do the boss, and it's supposed to minimize the amount of time that you're beating your head on it. Versus, you know, like you get information from somebody like after, you know, like that person may not speak up right away because like they're like, okay, well, we'll see how you do it. And then after you beat your head on it for a little while, they're like, well, hey, my old guild used to do this. Maybe we could try blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that's the only way I could see that there's a bit of difference is that you're. You're still discovering things without having. You know, like the guides like, okay, mechanic A, blah, 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 mechanic B, blah, blah, blah. And then it transitions into phase two and it does mechanic A, blah, blah, blah. Like without getting to organically discover that and figure it out on your own. My experience with that was never the way you're describing it. We would always have either and, and I we were my guilds, the guilds that I when I was seriously rating were usually server top 20 server top 10 Mm. so it was for a long time i did server top 20s and server top 10s um and it was always you had one guy or a group of people that did rating on uh ptr they would do ptr or they would do beta and alpha stuff and they would come back and disseminate that information how is that any different than reading a guide? Because they would come back and they would disseminate the information. And it's not like, oh, hey, we're going to go slam our heads against this a couple times to try to figure it out. No, it was always they would go in and then somebody would go, hey. Player name. What did you all do on PTR? What did you all do on beta? And it was gathering the information that way, which, you know, the information might be the exact same information pulled from a guide, but they're just disseminating it that way. How is that any different? I think there's something that feels more natural about getting that information from your own experience versus looking it up on a guide or, you know, having your guild leader to tell you to watch a video, you know? No, I I get what you're saying. It gives you a better idea of how the things actually work and how things actually do. Uh, It's like how they work in, in, in situ, in, in actuality. Um, because a guide's not going to tell you, oh, hey, the boss hitches slightly to the left before he does this. It might not say that. It just says, hey, the boss has a long uh, cast time that, you know, you got to watch out for. That doesn't have a cast bar. Yeah. I think that there is a... Pardon me. Um... I'm just rambling at this point. It's. I, you know, I think it comes back to the point of like fine players that want the same level or a similar level of involvement and mindset that you do so that you guys can work together for a common goal. 
you know, if you have people who want to be world first and you're trying to play with them and you, you want to take it easy, then yeah, there's going to be problems and you'll butt heads. But I think that's not just video games. That's life in general, you know, with mm-hmm. people and their level of ambition and what they want to, what their goals are and what they want to achieve in life. It's the same. It's just mirroring itself in video games. But I think the, and then it's the same with the games themselves. You know, if you have people who are tuning those games to the people who are min maxing and trying to be the best, then maybe you, maybe that, maybe that game isn't for you. Maybe there's a different game that you can play where, you know, they care more about the journey and exploration and taking your time and self discovery versus, you know, just trying to, you know, min max stats and trying to be the best at whatever it is you're doing. So, yeah. I like exploring. I like trying to learn what's going on. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, me too. And I like that self or I like that discovery to be done by me and through my experiences instead of like, like I didn't like reading guides on the best gear to equip in Diablo. You know, I didn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, being told that this is the set armor you have to wear because if you equip all these pieces, then you get these set bonuses. You know, like I liked being able to piece together my own set and learning what works and what didn't work. But I feel like, you know, a game like Path of Exiles, where I almost feel lost if I don't have a guide, that also, that's a different extreme, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you could spend time to figure it out how how to do it yourself, but you could reach a dead end and you could be completely shit at the game because you didn't follow a guide. And I think that's, that also feels bad. So... I don't know. It's a delicate balance, I think, of giving you agency to do things that allow you to discover versus not painting yourself into a hole or a corner. I think one of my biggest I think one of my biggest problems there is the how connected you are to the collective. You know? Um, are you actively improving this knowledge or are you passively consuming the knowledge because the thing is this information is is all it's it's sourced from many many places it's not just one person you know exhaustively testing all this information this is many people all contributing to the same information to improve the greater whole but to me if i'm not contributing to it i feel bad but if i can actively contribute to it if i can help if i can test if i can improve somehow i feel better okay you know what i mean yeah do you you understand what i'm saying there i i don't feel the need that i have to give back or to like expand that group of knowledge because (coughs) i feel like there's very little acknowledgement or reward for doing so and not that i have to be rewarded but i just feel like it's kind of going into a black hole 
or I feel like someone who's no life this game probably knows a lot more than I do. So what knowledge do I really have to contribute to that? And, you know, I think that's always been that way. You know, someone who's played more, someone who's done more work in the game, someone who's no life in the game. It always feels like I know less than they do. And uh, many times in the video game community and world, I feel like those people come off as super arrogant and annoying because, you know, they know more than you and they want to tell you how much more they know than you. Well, I mean, I got to ask you, I mean, my phone just went nuts. Um, well, it's like at the same time, don't you know people like that in your real life? Don't you work with people that are like that? I mean, I, I have, I try to avoid working with those people or I try to avoid interacting with people as much but as possible. There's, there's always somebody on yeah, your team sure. there's that is like, like that. that. It's like, and while they might be annoying, they might have a valid point. You know, it's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm an AWS certified developer. I've got six years experience working with this. I know every in and out of AWS or Azure or whatever. Like, listen to what I am telling you. Do not assume you know better than I do. And they might be right in that situation. Yeah. Um, I think it's because we look at video games as play, I think is the biggest problem. Because that is what it is. Play. Yeah, and there's... But people there's, have this idea that it is work. And for some people, it is their work. I think that's the... Kind of, the point that, that I made that I liked was about like progression because I think everyone wants to feel like they're progressing or they're making progress and no one likes to feel stuck. And I think that's why I quit WoW because I felt like I was stuck and it was like the people that I was playing with were they didn't also have that same goal of progressing. And I felt like they let us be stuck or that they let the game stag or they let our progress stagnate and didn't take corrective actions to help unstuck us. But, you know, just, that's just, just my perspective on what yeah. progression was. Yeah. And that's my per my perception and what my goals were. And that didn't seem to align with others in the guild. And, yeah. you know, I chose to leave as a result of that but yeah i mean that goes back to the same you know find people who have similar goals to you to you and you'll have the most fun with those people so that's you know that that's my final point on the subject is you know i think that kind of dictates all of how much fun you're having is finding other people who want to have the same type of fun as you. Mm -hmm. Not invalid at all. Okay. Um, I think 
that's a really good place to kind of close that conversation off unless you've got something else you wanted to talk about there, Neth. I'm good. Okay. I think it's a really good place to close that conversation off. I think we had a really good discussion about this. Um, yeah. Any, Kevin, you good there? Yep. Okay. Uh, anybody got any final thoughts? Uh, Neth. Uh, final thoughts. Gav needs to download Warzone to play DMZ. Uh, Just to try it. If you legitimately don't like it, I will not ride your ass, but I want you to try it. I will. I will see. Okay. I will give you that much. Raising. I try stuff for you guys. I know. <laughs> I know. Valid. Very valid criticism and concern. Um, okay. Kevin? Um, oh gosh, we said a lot on today's show. I think, I think the bottom line is find how you like to have fun and find other people who have that same desire. That's all. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I that's uh, if Gav likes it, we all play Tarkov. LV, you know how sweaty I hate being because I don't have the competitiveness. I okay, so I have the competitiveness, I just don't have the skill to back up the competitiveness. That's why Chris and I don't play a lot of uh, PvP games. Because we both recognize that we are highly competitive. Yeah, but, but Chris also plays League of Legends and, you know, <clears throat> games like that, too. Chris plays the baby game. Hey. I think in general, people need to stop worrying about how good or bad they are and just play games. I, you know? I, I honestly, I, I'd be based on how I like DMZ, I'd actually kind of be curious to try Tarkov. Oh my God. That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay, is... fine. If I like, if, if I am, I've got that downloading right now. If I like it, I will. Give Tarkov a try. I will go spend the 60 or 50 bucks or whatever Tarkov costs, <laughs> and I will give Tarkov a shot. Wow. Okay. Okay? Wow. Okay. You have my commitment there, LB. If I do not hate DMZ, I will give Tarkov a, I will give Tarkov a crack, okay? Wow. That means LB has to try DMZ with us. That's only fair. Oh, and LB, we've... LB says that we have a weird view of sweaty, and we've been over this before. We do have a weird view of sweaty. Tarkov has a cheap version. Oh, cool. Yeah, I bought uh, the Tarkov cheap version. Yeah, I'll get the cheap version. I'm not dropping 60 bucks on a game that I may or may not like. But, yes. Um, yeah. Um, my final thought is I do have a weird view of Sweaty. narrative to LB. LB and I have different definitions of what sweaty is. 
mm-hmm. and that's okay because every because uh, it's uh, it's subjective, not objective. And it's it's funny because you like you call me sweaty, but I'm not like I I interpret sweaty as like you're focused on you must have the win, which I'm like very much not. I just like going in and killing people. <laughs> I, and to me, sweaty is how much effort I have to put in to have fun. Like if I'm sitting there and I'm constantly being uh, run down and. I can't have fun. That's incredibly sweaty yeah, to me. Valid, valid. Which why I'm saying I think you'll like DMZ. I will give it a shot. Um, that's my final thought. Uh, last chance to say anything. No. Comic flare up suck. Yeah, sounds like it real. would suck. Um. All right. That's it. That's going to be the end of our show for this week, folks. Talks us during the week. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast EU. Kevin is at Swing Cat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Lich. I, of course, am at Am I Widget. And Neth is at Nethwinch. Send emails to feedback at coasttocostEU.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us live on Saturdays. We record and stream the show right here on twitch.tv slash ctceu. For links to today's show and for our Discord, you can visit the website at coasttocostEU.com. Shoot us a review, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, however it is that you get the show pumped in irregularly because we can't ever keep a fucking schedule. Say sweaty, <laughs> boys and girls. Sweaty. Sweaty. <laughs> sweaty.